0: Hello, Fight Fans, and welcome to The Hollywood Brunettes Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Matt, the store brand Keanu. Alongside me is my tag team partner, The Danimal.
1: How's it going, Matty?
0: And today we're here to discuss a ew Blood and Guts.
1: Danimal, thoughts? I mean, five stars for the name, first and foremost, but it's like, We can't call this thing war games. It's like, well, you know, like Vince was talking shit about the blood and guts. Let's just lean into that. So and on a lot of levels, it did not disappoint. But the the blood was uh, copious in this one.
0: Yeah, no, they went overboard, especially for something. It's just a televised match. I was actually quite amazed. Um, I don't know how much of it was real. I'll say that, but they de- no,
1: not a single one of them came out on skate that's for yeah. certain but no it was i mean it was such a fun match they they nailed it on a lot of different levels using the whole atmosphere and guys were really going for it too like you can tell that there it was planned but like things weren't working sammy had like a a spot where he tried to go off like the rope from one ring over and it kind of botched, but they're just like, <laughs> he's already so beaten down and exhausted. And it was just kind of like, yeah, that's fair. Like, he's been in the match for like 20 minutes. My leg could be a little shot too.
0: That guy always impresses me too, actually. It was, I like that they gave him a nice lengthy uh, beginning where he was kind of, what well, was it, two on one with him yeah. uh, for a long stretch? Cause I know he's been out of action for a little while. Um, yeah, no, it was awesome. <laughs> just, it, it really like for being a, a mass network show, like it did remind me a lot of like some of the ECW crap I used to watch way back in the day. So I have to tip my cap to that.
1: Yeah. And also it really reinforced one of my favorite wrestling tropes that just like, you know, one fresh guy is worth anything because it would be like four on three and the four just beaten down three other dudes. And then one guy runs in instead of all four of them just being like, Hey, we're all still standing. We should gang up on this guy. It's like action movie one hundred and one. It's like I'm gonna run at the fresh guy. Oh, spine buster! And then all of a sudden, it's like the tides have turned. It was just great seeing that every time.
0: I love it too when there's a clear divide like this, where there's there's clearly like a baby face and a heel faction going at it, oh, and okay. the announcing team like makes no bones about who they're rooting for. To the point where at one point you have the guy jamming MJF in the head with a fork (laughs) and then licking the blood (laughs) off of it. But because he's a part of the babyface faction, like the announcing crew's just kind of like, oh yeah, he's really laying into him there. (laughs) But then meanwhile, you get like another member of the opposing pinnacle faction comes out and hits somebody with a chair and they're like, that dastardly son of a bitch.
1: (sighs) Yeah, I definitely, when Jericho is like strangling Sean Spears on the scaffolding, they're like, and Jericho using it to his advantage.
0: Yeah, just exactly. Like, like the guy's are literally being hung by the rafters, and they're just like, what a tactician. No, it was, uh, I loved all the buildup to it. I love, you know, obviously we'll get to the ending um, eventually, because I feel like it really didn't leave off in a, a perfect way to set up any, Countless different directions, uh, for the pinnacle in particular. But um, yeah, I I Sammy, some of those moves, like the one I think are you talking about the one where he went coast to coast and kicked him on waves oh in no, well, that, that, you talk- that
1: one he nailed. He nailed okay. that one. Uh well, that was the thing, like Sammy's rope spots. That's you have to like go over so many mm-hmm. of them because he nailed that one. There was also a Spanish fly that I think him and Dax hardwood, and it was insane that they were on the two different sets of ropes. Yes. Both balancing. Sammy somehow gets onto the same one and then they both execute the move, which is just like so many things can go wrong throughout that. Let alone, you know, Dax just having to be up there like balancing and stabilizing Sammy anytime he needs it. Yeah. but Yeah. And and yeah, like I said, the one time I think he kind of had a botch. He was trying to go over a set of ropes Mm. and hit someone and he just kind of like missed it a little bit. But no, he he had such a great show, and I think the fact that he was the one that, yeah, did the time, the whole time and, you know, came out in the promo the week before, and I'll fight anyone, you know, the classic, I'll fight the popcorn guy. <laughs> you know, classic for a reason. And it, it was a great spot, because they even mentioned that he hadn't wrestled since, like, February. Yeah, I didn't realize it had been that
0: long. Um, no, I, I was going to say, too, like, the brilliant thing, like, especially in AEW, there's so many of these factions, right? And I think that they do a fantastic job of kind of covering up some of these guys in a way that like, there's some, there's apparent talent, but maybe they don't just don't have the proper charisma to go over on their own, or maybe they're an interesting tag team, but they're they can be elevated that much more, very much reminiscent of like the new age outlaws with DX back in the day where you pair up two like ultra beacons of charisma with two kind of like mid tier guys that like can still pull on a show. If like, People have a reason to pay attention to them. And I think this truly highlighted that where it was like, because there's a few of these guys, I'll be honest with you. I don't even really know their names. I know them on site, but I was damn impressed by everything they were doing.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I think, I think you really hit the nail on the head. I mean, cause I, it was part of Jericho's promo where it's like, you know, Hardwood and Wheeler, which one's which. And I only recently nailed that one because Dax Hardwood was the first guy in the match. So I was really like, when you know same thing like when you take an order from a table you know you're gonna screw up you're like you keep repeating i was like that's Dax hardwood wow great move by dax hardwood wow you know (laughs) and then same with same with uh ortiz and santana like you know i i'm i know that they're the tag team and that's it and i think you know we we spoke before the show about you know wardlow and hager talk about a couple you know monster hosses wardlow looks like a million bucks but yeah, if he if you try to put the mic in front of him, it's just, <laughs> you know, but instead you get MJF standing right next to him and doing the talking. And then when you need the heavy, like that's that's a great spot to be in, you know, and you give him some time to work and maybe it'll happen versus I think you're right. You know, sometimes you try to push these guys with the deficiency and it's just like you you get that moment where it's like, oh, no, nope, pushed him too high got to reset him somehow so yeah i think they're really letting all these guys kind of develop into their their own with also not having to carry a storyline like who knows what they could have done with sammy that that's a very great point
0: actually um yeah because especially with kind of the nature that that show in general where it's so static and kind of can just like at any moment just totally change course like I think it's a brilliant move. Uh, you mentioned Hagar too. Like I liked how they've been utilizing him because he actually, I think uh, his previous iteration in the WWE of Jack Swagger, like I think is a good example of a guy who got pushed just to the cusp of too far. Like he held it up just fine, particularly when uh, he was coming out with that manager. Uh, his name escapes me at the moment. But uh, then it kind of reached the point where reality kind of blurred with um actually like what was going on you know in the ring so it's no longer had the same luster and i remember it towards the end of his time there it got a little awkward just because he would come out and nobody really would respond to his presence but he's still a big guy and he still is perfectly suited for being just kind of that right hand guy that'll you point him in a direction he goes and bre-
1: fuck shit up you know oh yeah i mean he's a scary dude yeah, like, yeah the, the all-american americans i remember like being a fan of the gimmick until all of a sudden <laughs> it's like you can tell everyone in the crowd just didn't want to be seen with their hand on their chest saying we the people like <laughs> oh no this is this is getting snipped and i'm gonna be a, you know getting recruited by one facebook group and watched by another but no well and then you also throw in that he's got kind of the albeit you know the pro wrestler MMA with, with the exception of Brock is, you know, always just been like, you go into a lower level and maybe get beat up, maybe not, but it still says something that when you can get into a real fight and yeah. hold your own. So, yeah, I think, I think it's just really given all those guys an opportunity to, uh, to do something without having to be the classic, you know, okay. So Sammy's going to fight um, for the TNT belt against Darby this week. Oh, he didn't win it. What do you do now? And instead you just get a storyline that you can be on for months without having to worry about refreshing. it. And this one too, in particular,
0: just because the the parallels was just too perfect. And I think, yeah, obviously the Jericho of he's not, well, we won't say he's passing the torch, but he certainly is setting up MJ to essentially fill that role for the next decade of just being the provocateur tour, you know, ultra talented figure that at any moment in time, if you need to fill 20 minutes of, of space, you can give him a microphone and just let them run rough rough shed on the crowd. Yeah,
1: I'd love to see the the MJF version of the Chris Jericho list of a thousand and one holds, like <laughs> an all-time promo where somehow he just lists wrestling holds through the commercial break and it was gold. And it's like, I could see them trying something similar with MJF, and I can honestly see it working. And that's that's the crazy part.
0: <laughs> one that ma- immediately made me think of you while I was watching it was at one point in the match, um, Wardlow, his his man bun thing came loose. And it was comical because it's this giant hulking man and he clearly is distressed by this because now his long hair is in his face. So you constantly kept seeing him kind of like messing with it. And it was so like comical to me. Be- for that reason alone but then on top of that the fact that like one of the most badass moments in cinema that you and I have always agreed upon was in Roadhouse was him yeah when he he ties his hair back ever so slowly while squaring off and it it just killed me because it was a perfect opportunity for him to bust that out when he was squaring off with Hagar but he's probably too young to get it and it was just it just killed me because i was like oh my god he's gonna do it he's gonna do it and instead it was just this muscular
1: man brushing long hair out of his face the whole match yeah i definitely saw it and there was a moment of like oh man been there but (laughs) yeah he you could tell that it really was this like he kind of was like trying to like mess with it and then it like came out and then it's like oh no am i am I stuck with this for the rest of the match? Like, can I, you know, (laughs) it takes a minute to really get this to look good. And I think that was a big part of the, the Sam Elliott as Wade Garrett is that, yeah, the fight's kind of about to break out and he just, oh, so casually, it's just like, all right. This is when I tie my hair back because I got to beat people up. And yeah, I that, that seems single handedly inspired me to grow my hair the first time around. Like i would never <laughs> i would never seen a man tying his hair look so masculine and, and intimidating and I've never come close <laughs> to achieving it either. That's that's a very important thing.
0: that that's um, also a factor, too. But you all we all can enjoy that one brief moment in the bathroom when you're yeah. kind of like,
1: yeah, I can pull this off. Yeah, eh, maybe the not. fight was going to break out. So people would know I mean business.
0: <laughs> uh, so what would you think about the end? So the, this massive brawl breaks out, you know, as we kind of went over the big stipulation being that the match can't end until every uh, every combatant has entered in the ring. And then it can only end via submission or um, TKO, I guess.
1: Surrender is what they call it. Surrender. Which I I loved. I also just (laughs) love that for like a really basic way to kind of like explain why, like at no point when like a guy is being beaten down by two other men, he's just like, (laughs) fuck this, I'm out. So it's just like, nope, those four guys have to get beaten severely until their fifth (laughs) team member gets in. At which point he'll inevitably swing the entire tide, despite the fact that Sammy had suffered, you know, a a man down beating for the last eight minutes intermittently. Um, But no, it was a very clever, uh, clever move to make sure that, you know, everyone gets in. And I mean, they even had a situation where I think Hagar had uh, Sean Spears in the ankle lock Mm -hmm. and he's just tapping like crazy. But, you know, it's like, oh, no, you just got to suffer through it. So no, I thought I thought it was clever. Um, the, the one thing that I love is just the kind of inevitable like how is someone going to make it on top of the cage? that yeah, an inevitability at this point it was like you know it, of course it led me to go back and watch mankind undertake his opening <laughs> which I, I gotta say when you know when the announcers know that it's coming and there's a crash pad, you don't quite get the emotion of good God Almighty, that's it, they've killed him. But <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I was going to say, too, that one was a little awkward because I believe that occurred during the commercial break um, when um, apparently the keys were stolen by Tully and uh, he managed to uh, open the cage for MJF and then got laid out in the process
1: like a bunch happened when it just cut to a subway ad or something. I really I really appreciate that concept for the idea of like, hey, commercials and wrestling suck. So we're going to, you know, have wrestling in the commercials. It won't just be rest holds. But then the only thing that is kind of shocking too, given how like savvy Tony Khan is, is that when they show the commercial on the like I use the TNT app, yeah it's just the commercial so yeah same thing i'm kind of like okay like jericho and those guys are in control and then all of a sudden mjf's on the top of the cage and jericho's climbing i'm just like the fuck happened like can i get, like the replay or something and then i think the announcers are kind of aware because they're just like really quickly like oh and totally god to tried to get involved and had the door slammed on him and now we're here it's like, <laughs> all right that, good enough for me
0: it's so true like i they haven't quite got the timing down because i feel like the countless times where i try to watch the picture in picture if i'm watching a dvr copy of it it's every time they go to picture in the picture it's just two guys in the corner like strangling one another not moving and then it cuts to a real ad and then you come back and like there's bodies all over the ring and like just like a trash can laying around like two refs for some reason
1: and then yeah yeah, you get the
0: quick recap so it's
1: like the commercial is just supposed to be the like royal rumble countdown where it's like (laughs) 10 seconds and all of a sudden everyone's just kind of standing in the corner just like kind of pummeling someone as they like all look at the screen to see who's coming out (laughs) But yeah and then you know I liked I liked that they also on the top of the cage had like it was strangely like reinforced because they're finally acknowledging that like anyone trying to walk on chain link is one really dangerous and really hard to believe that like no one can like you can't do a good lion tamer if you're like trying to push someone down you're just like God I hope this thing doesn't give way on us.
0: I'm so sure too. Like there was that sly moment of kind of looking at Jericho changing backstage, and be like, "We need to reinforce the roof of that
1: steel cage." Yeah, it's like we can't, we can't have yeah the climactic like armbar moment. MJF just goes for that little extra bit of torque, and they just tumble in. It's like, yeah, uh, how are we gonna get back up there? So yeah, I thought I thought that was kind of funny, but yeah, trading submissions and. You know, the, the low blow by MJF was just it was predictable, but it's always it's always good to see a creative low blow. And it does acknowledge the fact that with so many of these moves, like if you're in a lion tamer, your hands are legitimately right by the guy's feet and legs. It's like I would just grab, you know, the foot and then the person falls. So it was good. <laughs> they at least acknowledge it's like he's really locked in. Except Jericho's completely exposed from the waist <laughs> down.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, too, like, I appreciate Like, I feel like in WWE in particular, they typically when they ever do sort of like, I don't want to say it's a gimmick match, but like anything where there's a large amount of people against one another, where they would do the move where they just kind of like relegate one guy to the corner and they just keep pummeling them. And then the other guys kind of perf- form a protective wall to protect Prevent the other guys from getting to him. Like, I like that they just focus on the wrestling. Like, it w- yeah. didn't turn into like a real, like, match of just kind of like physically pushing one another back and forth. But uh getting back to, the, yeah, the Jericho MJF on the top, they exchange, you know, submission holds. He busts out the ring, knocks him out, and then threatens to throw him off. And that's when they chose to surrender, as you had well, said.
1: I think, I think it's a big deal too that Sammy was the one that did it because it really helps kind of grow the storyline that he's, you know, he'd taken the biggest beating of anyone, but at the end of it, he's, he wants to, you know, stop MJF that it wasn't a matter of like, you know, Oh, I've gone through so much. It's not worth it. I need to get the win that it's like he had the, you know, I guess it's the feel good, you know, some things are bigger than wrestling. So I I definitely feel like when you're bringing up the storyline implications, I think the fact that, you know, Sammy was willing to do what it took to save Jericho and then, you know, spoiler alerts to everyone out there. It didn't save Jericho.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he was immediately thrown through the crash pad slash cardboard boxes done up to look like a metal ramp, but
1: that that killed me when i saw the like diamond plate pattern but then like that they didn't even do both sides of it yeah exactly so it's just like oh god he went through it it's like yeah but it's clearly cardboard (laughs) like (laughs) at least you know it's it's funny i always come at least wwe just always did the ambiguous like there's a tarp on something like Right, I don't know what's under that black cloth that's meant to draw your eyes away from stage equipment, but they went the other <laughs> route where it's like we're going to make it look like he fell through legitimate steel, <laughs> but not printed on both sides.
0: Uh, yeah, I I think going back though, you you brought up an interesting point with Sammy. Um, this depending on the direction they go here, there's a lot of opportunity because. In theory, that kind of puts him in line if, if say, Jericho is injured, quote-unquote, or... Uh, you on know, tour with Fozzie. That, that, that was what I was going to say, or now that places are opening up throughout the country on tour with Fozzie. Uh, it, as Judas plays. It, it's a prime opportunity for him to uh, kind of slot in, but not only slot in, but also have potentially, like, the friction amongst the unit for him kind of being the one who uh, made the call you know, yeah. to, to, you know, cancel the match. So, um, we'll see how it plays out. There's also a very distinct chance that, you know, Jericho will be back and they'll just be right back to the
1: same bullshit as they lead up to the next pay-per-view, but it could, it could be the classic, like Nick Brace and Kane scenario, like, <laughs> and then, you know, there'll be the shock, you know, like, oh, he's been, he's been pulling our leg all along as he like, you know, beats MJF senseless with his Cane of some sort so I could I could see that the one other thing that you mentioned that I was glad they didn't do was at no point was there the finisher fest which always drives me nuts it'll be in like the the you know four tag team match or the five on five survivor series where it's just like let's let everyone get their move in except all that's going to happen is once you get the most devastating RKO rock bottom pedigree you're just going to roll out of the ring so the next guy can hit is. And then, yeah, at the end, you know, two guys will end up standing. So I was really glad that they did keep the idea that it was just this frenetic, you know, shit show that it would be if you had 10 guys locked in a fucking box. Yeah. But it's like, you know, this guy just hit someone. And like, there was a a great weird spot where like Wardlow kind of got hit with a chair, but then it like, he didn't realize he was like working <laughs> with someone else. So I don't know what happened there. Like, he just fought it off with sheer strength <laughs> and I think it was supposed to be that he was going to like plant Hager and then get hit but I think someone botched the timing, so they just kind of had to do it but it was it was chaotic and frenetic in that way even like when they got the five on five there was a moment where like they charged each other mm-hmm. you can tell Jake Hager tried like this like jump off the rope but it didn't really land <laughs> so then he kind of like fell and then had to like reach over and keep hitting so but it was like that's that's something that i like that it doesn't need to be you know like they also did a good job that you didn't have the classic like you know someone climbs up onto the top of the cage and falls and wipes out eight guys that are you know happen to be standing below him so i thought i thought they did a really good job with that
0: i i agree completely in particular that part of it that like it really does drive me nuts where in when you see like a, a hell in the cell or anything of that nature, where, you know, the second, the smaller guy starts climbing up, it's like, Oh, here we go. Like, don't get me wrong. It's incredibly impressive athletic feat, but it's also kind of like, okay. So there's four guys milling about <laughs> just in the perfect area to completely catch his fall and slash knock, get all knocked out at the same time. So um, all in all, fantastic uh, match, I, I believe, and, and frankly, t- totally worth the wait. And I can't wait to see what they, uh, they do to follow it up, to be honest with you.
1: Well, and it, it goes back to something that I really do appreciate about AEW that is also honestly got me trying to figure out how to convince Lindsay to let me get the next pay-per-view. And that's that they don't, they're actually giving away good stuff on their weekly broadcasts. That like, you know, it would have felt 100% like blood and guts, we challenge you to blood and guts and what's blood and guts that it's like pay $49.95 and you'll get to find out. Yeah. So the fact that they did a major match and built it for, you know, weeks, if not months, and then let the fans watch it like it, it really does drive you to feel like you need to be watching on a weekly basis, whereas you know. And don't get me wrong, I got the network, I got my Peacock app, so I can watch the pay-per-views, but it's kind of like I know that's when if, if shit actually happens, that's when it's going to. Everything else is just going to be, you know, and in three weeks at such and such, we're going to settle this. So it was really refreshing to to have it feel like that, you know, I keep coming back to that. There's, you know, even though they're not really in a Monday night war, they're kind of acting like they are, that they want you to tune in because you don't know what's going to happen on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, that's actually the best way to to describe it, because it really is like this particular episode was almost completely dominated by this match. I mean, there were things that occurred, but like, you know, it it broke from the Derby fighting everybody every night routine. It broke from, you know, a lot of the stuff that you would kind of would typically be par for the course if you have a pay-per-view on the near horizon with WWE or in the past WCW or you know hell even you know tna um yeah this like i said i I appreciate that chaotic nature of it to where it's like this was something you knew was coming up and it was a big deal but it also is kind of like a tease to say like imagine how much better it's going to be if you go the step further and get the pay-per-view yeah and for a guy like myself personally like i I don't usually get a chance to watch the uh pay-per-view so it it's actually refreshing to like see it be back to just the week weekly show is the most important thing and you can kind of fill in the blanks from there. Yeah,
1: no, I, I completely agree. It was, it was a great treat. And you know, the fact that even when I, I searched it, it was branded that way. It wasn't like AE dynamite featuring blood and guts. It was AEW blood and guts. Like they treated it like an entirely different show. So no, I gotta, I gotta tip my hat. Cause they, they did it very differently than, I think I was kind of used to seeing that format since, you know, WWE and NXT brought back war games and, you know, they've had spectacular matches, but they've been a little bit more predictable. So I think this really did a good job of kind of breaking the mold. And even, even I got to say the attire was a nice mix up. The prison garb. (laughs) Yeah. That you had like the prison garb for like the good guys. And it's like, they're wearing them to represent where they're from. And it was just kind of like, I don't know if these, you know, these towns have really wanted to be like Chris Jericho, you know, representing such and such as a felon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely that factor.
0: Um, I have to say, too, this is probably the, for me, at least the first time I've ever seen the, the actual ring entrance uh, with a real live audience in, in what looked to be near full capacity. And that was quite the experience because the, the Jericho Judas thing, especially when he just milks it to get to the chorus, is actually a thing of beauty now that like people have bought into singing along
1: to it. So well, it's become like the new like if you really want to get on TV, like, you know, you got to rock out to the chorus of Judas. So it's yeah. And then I just love the way Jericho looks so smug because yeah. they can't just show the crowd. So they're just going nuts. And he's just kind of got this like, yep, platinum on Spotify. Like, just bury into that head.
0: (laughs) That's definitely going to be the track that I know when I get my Spotify year-end review. I'm just going
1: to look at it in pure shame
0: and be like, damn it, why did I listen to this so
1: many times? It's like, God, I just couldn't remember what the fourth word in the chorus was. And I got sucked (laughs) in again. all right
0: well thank you so much for listening this was a w blood and guts take care now